and welcome to Community Conversations. Today we have a catch and Kut Chuot. The catch is an AFLW player for Richmond Football Club and a multicultural officer at the AFL. She is also a community advocate for all African Australians. Welcome, Akech. Thank you so much for being on Community Conversations. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. I always start with um, my guests and I ask them about their primary and secondary education. And I know some of your primary education would have been done in South Sudan. Yeah, so my primary education was mainly done in Kenya. Um, I think in my early childhood, I was in Kenya for, I was in, I was in South Sudan for three months when I was born. Um, and then lived most of my, um, yeah, so 11, 11 years of my life I lived in, in, in Kenya. So most of my primary school was done um, there in the, the Kakuma refugee camp um, and then some of it a little bit in, in, in Nairobi. So, yeah. And so can you describe what that was like um, in the refugee camp doing primary school? Yeah, so it was very, um, it was a very different system. So we, um, you first go to what they used to call a, a nursery. So it was, it was almost like, um, like pre-primary. Um, it, there was a very different, different setup. Um, and we kind of, you kind of just go and learn the basics, really. Um, um, so that was that was there in, um, in, in Kakuma. Um, and then when you finish um, through nursery, you go to the normal. Um, school. So I went to a school called Imatong, um, which was um, just located um, not far from where we live, um, our group. And my group at the time was 21. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, a, was a, about a good 10 minutes walking distance um, to go to school um, every morning. And yeah, we did primary one, primary two, I think three or four, um, um, which, was, which was really cool. And yeah, it was cramped, cramped classes. There was maybe like 40 30 to 40 kids in 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 a in a in a class classroom um and they didn't really go according to age it was just really i think what what you kind of knew at the time um so yeah um it was how smart you are um and yeah so i i still have young like people that i went to the same primary school with um and we were the same same year level um here in australia as well so i i get we get to speak about those those experiences um, and yeah, it was very, um, it was very, um, what, what's the word called? It was very competitive. Like it was the, you, when you went to school, it wasn't just like to go and pass, you know, like when I came to Australia, it was very different. I was like, whoa, like you just, just passing a year level, like over there, you had to fight for like to be number one in class, you know, and when you finish number two, number three, number four, you, you had to go back and work really hard because the recognition of being 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 called up in front of like the, the assembly because you you finished on top of your class was um was bittersweet and then um and then you kind of you go home and you know the aunties and the mom everyone's so happy and like you, you're pretty much the talk of, of the town for, for that that week because you finished on top of your class um so yeah it was really really good and we had very strict teachers so we used to get um um like in Australia they call it abuse but when you did you know when you messed up you get you put your hand out and you'll get um you'll get a you get nice um they 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 used to have a nice stick where the teachers held them and they'll they'll slap your your wrist maybe five times if you got something wrong um or sometimes they'll just take us outside um and they will you use your fingers to pretty much write the alphabet on the on the ground so on the dirt ground um so yeah those were some of the memories of um being back in in Kakuma and studying there it just kind of gave you 
um, you, like for me, I, I remember just being so motivated because you, you, you went to school, but then you, you were at school to, to learn and also, um, you know, be, be around your friends and um, the, the competition aspect. And then we lived in Nairobi for a little bit and we went to um, a school that was sponsored um, by, the, by a group of Canadian NGOs um, and it was called Sud Academy. So it was, was pretty much the same again. But you know, a lot there was a lot of South Sudanese living in in the Kangwari region at that time, and they set up this this school that was about maybe 15 k's from home, um, and we we used to walk it um every every morning just to to go to school um and yeah it was it was uh, it was a very different different system to obviously being 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 an Australian and coming to school here, um but yeah that's what I remembered being back in 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 Kenya. So you you basically did a thirty kilometer round trip every day. Yeah, every morning. So um, you get up. Um, I think it was even longer. It was a it was a long track. I will have to search it on on Google Map. Um, but yeah, to go to Sud Academy was very um it was um well we could have caught the bus, but the bus meant that we had to pay and we couldn't really afford to pay every morning so there was a bunch of us um and a lot of a lot of a few of those friends that I went to um Sud Academy with um as, as here here in Australia as well um and we we speak about it like how we used to just like um just have so much fun just walking to school every morning like just that that long track um and it's a surprise because I hate walking now um, but when I was young, I absolutely loved it. Every morning we would, you know, go and meet up in the middle where um, some of the, the other girls lived and we would all just walk um, together as, as a big group um, to go to school and trying to get to school on time so that we don't get punished um, and that we don't miss assembly. So, yeah, it was um, it was good adventure. Um, and I, think that I was going to say, when you came to Australia, the differences would have been absolutely enormous. Yeah, yeah. We had to cut the buses every every morning to go to school. Um, when we came to Australia, so that was very different. Um, because I asked my mum at one time, like, can I walk? And they're like, no, you can't walk. It's really far. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so you came to Australia, and what was your education like when you arrived? Um, yeah. So we came, and I just I kind of just missed that fringe of primary school. Um, when we came to Australia, so um, I we we. we we kind of enro- we enrolled in a school. Um, it's called Aramore Catholic College in in Perth, um, and they basically put us in the intensive English centre. Um, and it was cool because um, yeah, there was a, there's a lot of other young migrant kids that were um in that in that in that centre. So it was cool to kind of um go through your first six months of of high school really, um, with people that kind of had the same similar background um and the teachers were were amazing so I I did about I think six months in that intensive English center and it was kind of introduction to the school system because a lot of us missed missed the primary school and, and all of that and how it worked um so they introduced us to pretty much everything that you would be expecting in in um normal mainstream um um I guess um, classrooms. So yeah, the the six month was awesome. We did PE, um, yeah, did science, did English, did maths, um, did everything. Um, but obviously in a way that we can um it can be easy because um yeah, let's like my English wasn't really too bad. It was okay, but it was nice to kind of get like a refresher 
where it just kind of helped you a little bit when you did go to year eight the next year um, and make the, the whole transition. So I did that and then I enrolled, um, I was enrolled in year eight finally in 2006. Um, and then, yeah, that's how I started my, my uh, main school schooling. And then I finished at, at Aramore in, in 2010. So um, what were the memories from that year eight onwards? Was there one particular, you know, challenge or, you know, moment where you thought, you know, this is fantastic? Um, yeah, I was nervous. I was really nervous because I meant, it meant, meant that I was now going to have to be on my own. Um, because everyone, like everyone at the intensive English centre is now going to their own different year groups. So we were not all going to the same, same classrooms and stuff. And obviously when you go to your eight, there's like eight, like eight, one, eight, two, eight. So there's like different, different classrooms in year eight. Um, so that was, that was really nervy. So there was a few, few friends that we ended up being in, in year eight together, but then they had, they went to all their own different classrooms. Um, and then, yeah, I remember the first day just being so nervous, um, being like, was like, oh, am I, am I going to make friends here? Um, and then, um, yeah, and then all of, all of a sudden I met two of my, um, friends that made, made high school really easy for me. So, um, one girl, her name is Emma Brooke, um, and she's, she's now ma- uh, married. Um, and the other one, um, Suyan, um, they basically just made the whole, the whole my whole high school experience very easy and um, just the way they made that first first day very easy for me we ended up in the same year group um, and yeah it was it was it was insane it was kind of like okay cool this is this is gonna make it really easy now that I've made friends in day one um, so that was cool um, and then yeah they they kind of just made um, yeah school very easy for me we used to play four squares together um, and like for me, I've always been a been a been a kid that made lots of friends and always uh, made things easy for for myself. Um, so um, I made sure that I um, made as many friends as possible, um, just 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 to make it easy the the whole high school experience. So that was that was pretty cool. Um, but I think one of the challenges was um, yeah just the um the like for, for me like I, I was at school with my brothers and sisters as well so that was cool um it was really nice to you know come to school with them every morning but then when they finally graduated and left school I was like oh I'm, I'm left by myself now like okay cool I need to really stick with my friends because my my siblings are not here anymore um but I, I think each as each year went on like as we went to year, year nine year 10 year 11 I think things just kind of got easier and easier and easier and and for me luckily I picked up sports which played a massive role in why I really enjoyed enjoyed um school so yeah and so when you got to year 11 and 12 what were the, your thoughts about you know what career and what direction you were going to take um yeah so my my thoughts are because I played soccer for pretty much all my my high school years and I was very good at it I played um, state. I went to China when I was 15 to represent um, the the state. Um, I came to Melbourne. I, I I was very good at soccer, and I've always known that I would I would eventually um, excel somewhere in sports. I didn't. I wasn't. If it wasn't soccer, it would have been another sport. Um, so for me, I when when I finished high school, I didn't really. Um, like now when I think about it, like I, I pretty much just kind of went, I cruised through school. I was like, eh, like I kind of have my sports. 
Um, so sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I kind of like paid more attention with my educational side of things because, um, yeah, I would have I would have obviously gone to uni and and done other things. But um, I yeah, I finished year twelve and then I went and did um, a cert four in and fitness um, at 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 TAFE and yeah I didn't really like that and then I I started working um so I I got I started volunteering as a as a sports liaison officer at the Edmund Rice Centre in Mirabuka and I kind of just got I joined the workforce um just because yeah that sports sector really just spoke to me um and I was just wasn't sure what I wanted to do when I went to uni and I, I started seeing my friends like they would go and start a semester and then they'll drop out and then start a new degree the next day. And for me, I was like, I'm a, I'm somebody who, when I, when I commit myself to something, I want to do it properly. Um, so yeah, it took, took me a long time to, to want to, to figure out what I wanted to do after, after school. Um, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm, I probably just work. So yes, I joined the workforce and I worked, um, some serious, um, some really, really good roles. Like I, I managed like a half a million dollar project um, at the Edmund Rice Centre, which was um, which was pretty massive, you know, just coming out of a, of school and then managing this massive project um, was was really good. I um, mean, it, it taught me a lot, and I I had some really amazing mentors down there who um, helped me in 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 this in, in this environment of the, the workforce. Um, and then I started working at the the the, the football commission. Um, and then when I moved to Melbourne, I started working at the AFL. So the the workforce kind of taught me those skills that um, I was like, okay, if I if I if if I go to uni now, I'll I'll be able to apply them in 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 my my studies um, because I've I've had all these experiences and it's it's really helped me to know okay what direction I now want to do what I what I'm really passionate about when I when I want when I finally do enroll in uni which I want to do later this year. I now I'm very clear I know what I'm going to do and finally how I'm going to do it so yeah. I think that's really great advice because sometimes you know that students think that university is a be all and end all but it's actually not yeah that you know you can have a whole lot of different experiences and that leads you to be more focused on a particular area that you love having been through those experiences. Yeah and especially coming from our community you know I think for me a lot of the um, my mum was very, like, very supportive. A lot of, a lot of young kids don't have that. Um, and for me, I spoke, I, I talked my mum through my plan and what I was doing, and she, she bought into that. Um, and I think when young people can do that and be able to articulate, you know, what they want to do, what their passions are, and help the families buy in. Because for us, when, when our families brought us to Australia, the big big idea was for, for us to get a really good education and become lawyers and doctors and, and all of that, which is very, um, which is valid. But the reality is that not everyone wants to be a lawyer. Not everyone wants to be a doctor. Like I'm scared of blood. So forget about being a, a doctor <laughs> for me, you know, and I, and I could have been a very good lawyer. Like I, I, I can debate very well. Um, and I'm very, um, but I, I, I was like, just the way that the system is set up, um, I was like, it's just, it's just not for me. Um, and so you, you just gotta, you just gotta see, you're like, okay, cool. This is not going to work for me. This is not going to work for me. This one. And a lot of people are like, why don't you just become an exercise science person? You know, like, or they put you in that bracket just because you play sports or why don't you become a coach? And I'm like, well, those are the things that I, I love doing. I love playing sports, but I don't want to live my life to be a sports psych. Like I, I'm not interested. Like I, 
I, I'll find my niche, I'll find the one thing that I'm good at. And it took me, you know, I tell people all the time, it took me seven years, you know. It wasn't until I came to work at the AFL and I got put on the AFL sports ready traineeship, you know, and I did my search for in business. And I just loved it. Like, I loved just the the whole concept behind you know, the way the, the world works with the, the business environment now and there's so many different ways that you can be, be creative and change the landscape of business, you know. So I actually just love love that whole certificate and I and I did it and I finished it early just so I can get my full time um role at the AFL. Um and yeah, it, it's it's what I tell young kids all the time. Make sure that you enroll the people that are around you into your vision so that they can support you because um, sometimes we have, you know, family members that just object to everything that you do. Um, and, you know, those reasons are valid too, but then it's up to you to then be able to continue and, um, yeah, work on your on your vision because at the end of the day, they're not going to be the one that are paying your hex for you. It's you that ends up paying if you don't end up liking that law degree, you know, then you're going to have to go back to uni and do, do another degree again. But if you take your time, it helps you to then come up with something that you you can really do and and also save yourself some money as well so yeah excellent advice i would say um i think that's a very good point um we should backtrack a bit and say look now how did you get involved in aflw if you were a fantastic soccer player <laughs> yeah so i don't like it was very um it was a really funny one. I, cause we, when we were in the intensive English center, they would, every, every term we'll do different sports. So we'll do cricket or we'll do soccer. And soccer was my favorite term. Like it was just the best. Like I just couldn't, I was buzzing every day. Um, and then they introduced AFL and we'll go to like, you know, we'll go and visit. Like one day, I think one day we went to Fremantle and we visited um, Fremantle in their facilities and they, they took us for a tour um, and which was cool and I remember it, um, I remember it being a, I think I was like 15, 16 at the time um, Matthew Publish was talking and I remember going Fremantle I was like what's wrong with you <laughs> and I was like I hope, I hope that I remember that you know um, so yeah um, it was nice it was nice to get that introduction and then the East Perth Football Club would come and do some clinics with us um, and then I think it was like when I was like year 10 uh, around year 10 year 11 um, our head of phys ed um, Craig Thomas came up and gave handed me a flyer <laughs> and I said to him I said what's this flyer for and he said um, just just go down and um, the East Perth Football Club are running a girls um, three three training sessions and they will be running a just a one day carnival. Um, go and give it give it a crack. And I was like, Mr. Thomas, I only play soccer. And he was like, okay, just just go and give it a crack. I was like, okay, cool. So I put the the flyer back in my bag and I just continued going. And then um, the next Thursday he followed up and he's like, did you call them? I was like, no. He's like, okay, let's go to my office. So um, finally got got called some guy. His name is Brandon. Um, fold and um years later i find out that he used to play afl hawthorne or something crazy like that so he's actually a big legend you know uh, so we call brendan and then we tell him brendan's like yeah we'd love to have you down so i went down um i trained with the girls um and then the first the first 20 minutes some girl tackled the coach to the ground and I was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as you see those tackles, it all gets real. It was real. brutal. I've never seen anything like that. I was like, I'm going to go. <laughs> and then 
<laughs> and then I was like, um, yeah, I could never forget that. I was like, whoa, you just nearly killed the coach. Like, this man volunteered his time. You nearly killed him. I was like, okay, whatever. So I was like, okay, the game plan is when somebody tries to tackle you, just run away. Okay, just run away. So that was my game plan through that training session. And I was like, <laughs> be in the same group with that girl says, and she doesn't tackle you. Um, so that was the the plan, and I actually really enjoyed it. And then um, we went up to Narragin because we we I used to do some coaching, athletics coaching with um uh, my athletics coach um Lindsay Bond, and we he he dropped me back. I told him that day. I said, look, Lindsay, you need to bring me back to Perth um on Saturday morning because I I have to go and play footy. And he's like, what? You're going to play footy? I was like, yeah. I I signed up for this training session, and now I have to rock up. So he was like, cool. So he dropped me off, and then he just went and stood under the tree. Um, and then he watched our first game and I met all these people and it was just amazing. They just made me feel, feel so welcome. And it was like the first time I met all the parents and it was just like, wow, this is what footy is. It's like a proper football family. Like these parents, like are giving me oranges and like, they're just making me feel so welcome. And I, and I was like, wow, this, this is really cool. So yeah, we played the whole day. Um, and yeah, we won some games. I lost some games. Um, and then it was time to give out awards. And then they gave me like, um, the MVP for the day. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Oh, means. wow. Whatever. Thanks. Um, and yeah, that was, that was it. And I, I still wasn't convinced. Um, and then I, I saw Lindsay like next week and he was like, okay, you actually do very good at footy. Have you played before? I was like, no, nah, I just trained three times. And, and then I was like, yeah, whatever. Um, and then, and then I got injured, um, from soccer. I think I, I torn my cartilage. Um, so I had to get a, I had to get a clean up. Um, and then I spent 10, 10 weeks in rehab, just like, like going to physio and not re- really doing a whole lot. Um, and then at that time I started volunteering at the Edmund Rice Center. And then they said, look, we have a multicultural AFL team. Um, why don't you come down and just have a run with the, the boys? Um, to help you get fit for because you, you can run finally and I was like yeah no worries so this was the guy that was running at Joe Moniotis he was like yeah just come down and it was like all the boys um a lot of them didn't even speak English they, but they just wanted to learn this game and I was like what is wrong with you guys um and yeah I didn't even know the game myself but I was like oh, I'll give it a crack so yeah the, we started training um and then they were organized um games every now and then um, and then they organized the first game and then they had to vote for the captain and the boys voted me as their captain. I was like, are you guys serious? You want me to captain <laughs> you? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you, you kick better than most of us. Um, you understand the game and yeah, we, we will have you as our captain. So yeah, that was, that was really nice. Um, so I played with the boys. I think we played about nine games and the first game of the season, I kicked the our first goal and it was just, it was just awesome. Just the way that they got around me and just, celebrated and I just had so much fun and they they really helped um they just really helped me understand footy and I kind of connected that back to that day that carnival with the girls and I was like wow this is actually really cool so I picked up the phone again and I called Brendan again and I said look I'm I'm ready to finally play footy um and he said oh I've been waiting for this phone call (laughs) and then I was like look I want to play somewhere close to home so um, he was like, Mount Lolly Hawks are just down the road from you. So I was like, perfect. So I went down um, and then, yes, I played a season with them. And then within the first couple of weeks, I got picked for the, I got called down um, by my team PM and, and she said, look, come, come, we, we need our second rock and we've seen you play. Um, and it'd be good if you can come, you can come and train with our, with our state team. So I went down and, you know, I was, I was training with the Chelsea Randalls and 
<laughs> Cara, um, Antonio, and the Kirby Bradleys, like, and the list goes on. And these were now my teammates. And I was like, ah, what? What is really happening here? Um, and it was awesome. So, and then I got picked um, for the team, and I went. We went to Cairns and played there, and it was just awesome. Like I went up on the rock with Estelle Connor, and she crushed me in my stomach, and I can never forget that day. I thought I died. I know. Listen, I know her personally, and I wouldn't want to go up against was, her in the rock either. Uh, well, I didn't. I didn't know who she was that day. I knew who she was afterwards. I was like, oh God. But it was it was amazing. It was just so cool to just like um yeah just to to think about all of that um just happening so quickly. Um, and yeah, then, that's fantastic. And then yeah, all of a sudden the AFL was like, yeah, we're we're gonna fast forward the the AFLW competition, and I was like, oh, good for you guys. <laughs> um, and then the the next year after the state team, my team, my lolly, um, we were dropping to reserves. And then I got a text from Nicole Graves I'm from Swan District. And she said, look, when you sit down, talk about your future. And I said, oh, okay. And she said, look, um, what, what, are you, what are you thinking for next year? This is 2014. And I was like, well, I, was, I wasn't really keen on dropping to reserves, honestly. Like, you can't just go from a high and then drop to reserves. I was like, I, I want to learn more about this game and I want to wanna get most out of the game for myself, you know. And she said, awesome, do you want to come to Swan District? And I said, yeah, not far from home. Um, so, yeah, so I transitioned to Swan District. And then, um, yeah, then I think I won four premiership. I won premiership that year and then an, another three after that uh, at Swans. And then when it came time for the for the IFLW, all the, the draft and all of that stuff, um, I got a call from Fremantle. And I was like, well, this is the same team that I booed when I was 16. This is going to be very interesting. And because West Coast didn't have a team, I was very disappointed because I, I grew up just a mad West Coast fan. And I was very sad because I was listening in the car that day they were announcing the licensing, the license for the teams that were going to get the the AFLW team. And I was just, I had my fingers crossed. And I was like, please be West Coast. Please be West Coast. And they were like the Fremantle Dockers. And I just kind of like, my heart sank. But then I was like, also happy because I was like, well, at least we get a team and all that's in WA. So I was like, good for them. Good for the people that get to play a Fremantle. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I ended up driving back. I was just driving to work. Um, and then I got a call from um, from Michelle Cowan and said, look, we're doing our trials for rocks. We're looking for rocks. Um, would you like to come down? And I said, yeah, no worries. So I went down. I went and initially trialed as a rock. Um, and then... Um, my coach um, in the grand final, I think in the semi-final, played me as a halfback. And then the grand final, he played me in the halfback again. And everyone was like raving how great I did in the halfback and wow. And then Fremantle were there and they saw that. So when they drafted me, they drafted me as a defender. So when I when I spoke to them afterwards, they were like, Wade was like, yeah, congratulations, welcome to the team. Um, and, and, and I was like, wait, you guys are drafting me as a defender? You know, I understand I've only played two games. In defense, they're like, yeah, we've seen enough. You'll be fine. Um, and yeah, that was that was how I ended up in in the AFLW um, competition. It was um, it was very unreal. And now that you're in Melbourne, how have you found the transition from one side of the country to the other? Um, yeah, it's been it's been very um, it's been well, it's been like for me, I've, I moved here because obviously I got I got given the opportunity to play in the VFLW with Carlton and. I was I was very excited that you know I I kind of was like I get to have an opportunity again to get 
to get seen and get my talent seen, but also just to do something different because, you know, I lived with my mom for 25 years and then it was it was finally like time to move across to another city. And she was very nervous because at the time there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of that African gang um, stuff happening. And my mom was very nervous because she was like, I, I, I don't want you to get involved in, be in the thick of all of that um but I, I assured her I said mom you know me I've always been you know I've, I've got to footy come home got to footy come home I'll be fine um so yeah it was very um it was good and I stayed with my sister my first cousin you know and her kids and and her husband Ambrose and they then just made the whole transition for me really easy you know because the seven months of being with them it was kind of like I was back in Perth at the same time but then because I was with my family, but then I was in Melbourne. Um, so it was, they made, they made the whole transition um, very easy. And just being in the football state was just unreal. Just going, I remember going to my first footy game at the MCG and it was Essendon playing Richmond and Richmond won that game. And it was, I think, the dream time at the G. And the, just the way the Richmond fans sang the song, I was just like, who are these people? <laughs> I was like, this is, this is cool. This is really, really cool. Um, and, yeah, I was like, this is this is amazing. This is um, this is really cool. Like just being a part of, or being a part of something so big in like Victoria. So it's just massive. Like footy so big here. So yeah, it was it was very different because in WA over there, you kind of go and play footy and nobody cares the next day. So um, like as in the, the fans. But here, if you play footy here, people still remember you. Like I still walk. I went to the rally the other day and people were like, Oh my God, you play at Richmond? I was like, Oh no. <laughs> it's yeah it's really big here so yeah it is it's like a whole new world isn't it being yeah. in Victoria and being a footy player so just to finish off um perhaps you can comment on going to the rally and you know what that meant for you um yeah going to the rally for me I you know for for somebody who's been in this country now when I came to Australia as a 12 year old I've you know I've always known that I had black skin but I I never known that my black skin was a problem um, it, and it wasn't until I was 16 when I was racially, um, you know, uh, targeted when, when I was racially abused by a man, you know, at a petrol station just across my house in, in Perth. And this man jumped out of his car and started telling us that um, we asked black sluts that he had a gun, he would shoot us and that we needed to go back to our country and he, he, he would get a, he'll get a, a plane to take us back. And it was just so angry, you know. Oh, my for, goodness. And for me, as a, a, you know, me and my cousin were so terrified. Like, we just did not have words. We just stood there and we're like, oh, my goodness, this is black. But we hope he doesn't beat us up because, whoa, like, swearing at us one thing, but please don't don't get physical. Like, he was so angry. And, yeah, it was like, I was like, it was just, it was the first time where I was like, whoa, like, this racism is, is real. Like, you see it, like, you hear it on the news, but then until it happens to you, you're like, whoa like this is this is this is real you know so yeah it happened to me that day and you know I've, I've had to live with that for for now and I've have I've had instances when I when I've been here in Melbourne where you know I sit on the tram and you know I sit on the tram and somebody's sitting there already they get up and they go and stand you know it's that and that really diminish diminishes you as a human being because you're like well we're we're human beings but why are you standing up like do I smell what 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 is it like why are you standing up um, and you go to the shops and you you have a backpack or you have a bag and everyone else walks out and you're getting back search. You know, those are the realities of what we have to deal with. And um, it sucks. And then obviously always having to, you know, always, especially as, you know, you don't see any white kids being leaders at our age, you know, 
but for us as black kids we have to we have to stand up for our community from such a young age and you know it's um it's a big burden some people it takes its toll because you're constantly having to defend people um and it's these are your own people and for me why i went to the rally is because you know i don't want to i don't want the, the experiences that i've experienced i don't want the experiences that you know for the, for for generation of generations of indigenous people in this country they've had to go through um so much um and it was because of a system that was um created so long ago that has just been allowed to happen um still um and people haven't been able to interrupt that people haven't been able to put a stop to that you know um and for me i went to that rally because um for the future of my future kids you know i'm gonna you know sometimes i sit around and i'm like is it worth bringing kids into this into this world um especially you know especially in australia because it's like are they going to be targeted for their skin color for the rest of their lives and are they going to have the same mental capacity like i do to deal with it because a lot of kids don't have time for that you know and that's why a lot of kids just stay at home they don't want to deal with the public um because they they always feel targeted and they always feel um they always feel different and i i i have to ask myself those questions and i was like no i'm going to go to the rally because i get to be a part of um something that has to be, there needs to be a stop there needs to be some level of education for the next generation and and also the education for the parents of of this generation to be able to you know um stop the trolls on on facebook to be able to stop the trolls of 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 the world that stop people on the road or like i was reading some 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 article the other day and there was a lady in sydney you know that some some tradies um threw a banana peel um and oranges at her child in a, in a pram and i was like what is what is wrong with people like it's just things like that that just really um motiv- motivate me to talk about um the the injustices that us people of color do face in this country um and um and it's good that um that you know we had our other non black people turn up to to support us because for a lot of people that like you know it's a movement um and we're like it's not a movement these are our lives we're talking about these are you know these like when 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 as you can see in the state there's been so many cases of people dying in the hands of police you know these these are the people that we put in place so that they can protect the community and it's the same thing here in australia where you know aboriginal people are dying in custody and you know these are things that are so real um and things that are happening in our very own community and that's why we want to put um the same attention to it as in what's been put in the, in in the state so that our government here in Australia can 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 you know get up and get over their privileges and start doing something about it and for our prime minister Scott Morrison to come out and call people selfish you know this week and and say that there's no slavery in Australia that hurts you know as a non-indigenous person I have indigenous friends that are so traumatized that are so you know they they get triggered all the time by things that happened to their families you know during the stolen generation you know and these are things that are continuing to happen in 2020 and then we have our prime minister come out and call people selfish because all we're doing is we're fighting for our lives as black people you know it just shows the white privilege of being a white person in this country and it's it's really sad because you know like for us to be called selfish because we are fighting for for our lives hurts 
and it, it really hurts. And that's why we will continue to do it for our children so that they don't have to go through this again, so that they don't have to go through what, you know, the, the, the black people are going through still in 2020. Yeah. And I think they're just such important points. And as a person who really um, tries to get other white people to acknowledge their privilege, which is extremely difficult even when you're a white person, um, you know, there are some great points there. And I think everybody who listens to this podcast will be much more informed since hearing that. So we can um, leave it there. But I thank you so much, Akech, for being part of this podcast. And being um, a um, woman of colour who speaks out and um, I know that takes a lot of energy and it's a lot of pressure to keep doing this all the time but we really do appreciate it and I thank you very much for being on the podcast today. No worries. Thank you so much for having me, Georgia. It's, um, it's, been, it's, been, it's been amazing and, um, yeah, we, you know, we, we see you guys, the ones that are standing with us, and please continue to educate because if it, if it's, you know, you, for example, you have 10 people and you're talking to those people about their white privileges and two people understand what you're saying, that is, those are, those are the allies that we need and we thank you. So, Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you so much. <laughs>